Welcome to Living Water Radio. There are wars being fought all over the world. One kind is in the news every day. The other kind, one with eternal significance, gets about no attention at all. Today, we're going to find out what it is. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. There is a lot of talk about war these days. Even if it's not on the news every night, we're aware about wars and potential wars all over the world, and our concern is growing. The summer movie Oppenheimer gave us a fatalistic view of the likely use of atomic and hydrogen bombs. We see tension and threats between the United States and Russia, and China, and Iran, and North Korea, and each of their allies. We are not sure who our allies are, or would be, or wouldn't be, if such war were to break out. New weapons are constantly being developed. We don't need to be told that there are scarier ones stockpiled as well as ones in the pipeline that almost nobody will ever know about. No one in the history of our nation could or can say that their lives have not been touched by war. Our generations have been defined by them. Near the end of the Gospel of Matthew, near the end of Jesus' life, before he gave his life and took it back again, he was in Jerusalem speaking with his disciples. He was not talking with them about the end of his life, but about what that end means. And part of what it means is the redemption of forever at the end of the age. He says this in Matthew 24, 3-8. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when this will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. Jesus answered them, Beware that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. When the wars in Kuwait, Iraq, and Afghanistan began to be referred to as the Forever Wars, a whole generation of mostly young men had been raised on violent media, regular gun violence, and war-themed video games. Some in the media began to refer to them as Generation Kill. I spoke with an army recruiter during those days who said that nearly everyone who came in wanted to be a sniper because they were really good at first-person shooter video games. There is actual war in Ukraine today, which has shown us, to some degree, who our allies are and are not. We read about it, we hear about it, and we see it regularly on our TVs. So, it's hard for us to imagine mere rumors of wars. 
In our experience, a war has come to you or it hasn't. You're fighting in a war or you're not. You can see what's happening yourself on TV in real time. And if it's not being covered by the mainstream media, it's because it does not have much effect on us or on our country as a whole. At one time, before it was stopped for obvious security reasons, you may even have broadcast it to others yourself on your phone as you were fighting it in real time. There are no rumors of wars. They are either happening and known, or they are not. In Jesus' day, rumors were a form of micromedia and one of the few means of gathering information. If you heard a rumor about a war and you weren't one of the very few who were in a position to confirm it through a position of power, rumors were more likely to be your only source of, quote, information, quote. Jesus mentioned several signs of the end to look for, and rumors of wars take center stage. But until then, are wars signs of beginnings? I saw a program on PBS the other day whose premise was that wars bring chaos, and chaos brings destruction of the old order, and the destruction of the old order makes room for new ideas and progress. This seems to me to be an overly optimistic view of war and its outcomes. World War II stopped Hitler and Mussolini and Hirohito, and positive and benign American influence rose in their places, but wars rarely accomplish their stated ends, at least not for long. We only need to think about more recent wars in our history. It's said that history is written by the winners, and for people who are content with that, it's true. But an end to all history is coming, and Jesus wants to know that and be ready for it. It will be preceded by wars and rumors of wars. But the Bible also speaks of another kind of war, wars that will make the greatest difference and are not fought with the weapons of this world. Those wars are spiritual, and the weapons we use are from God, and they are not rumors. We in the church are all engaged in them. The Roman Empire was dominant at the time of Jesus. It would continue for hundreds of years. The sight of a Roman soldier was commonplace in occupied countries, so Paul references their weapons in order to contrast the kind of warfare that Christians take part in every day. He wrote in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10-18, through 18, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert 
and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. How do we fight in spiritual warfare? By using the weapons of the Spirit, and we do not fight alone. The Bible is filled with tales of war, likewise many of our classic Christian hymns. We are often very uncomfortable with them. We tend to avoid them or explain them away. But to the degree that that is true, I think that it is because we are far removed from the circumstances in which they arose. Imagine, for example, that you lived in a small village where you had no hope for protection from the class of civilizations and the movements of empires except from some other empire. Suppose you knew that you were nothing in the greater scheme of things and that you could be crushed like a bug at any time and lose everything, your home, your livelihood, your spouse, your children, your life. Suppose that it had happened to you. What would you call justice? What would you want from God? I spoke recently with a member of a congregation I once served. He said that his life was a living hell. He said that he lived in a neighborhood where people lived in fear of violent crime, of regular gang vandalism and theft and violence, of dealers openly carrying backpacks filled with a deadly assortment of drugs and preying on the weak, where the weak preyed on the weaker, and where he was afraid to go outside. A prisoner in his own home, in a neighborhood where home prices had plummeted, where he was trapped, where he was being screamed at and harassed regularly, where he felt that he had been forgotten by almost anyone who could help him, where his daily reality was fear, isolation, and loneliness. At one point, he talked about how angry Jesus was by all of this and how Jesus was going to come and that those who had made him wonder how he was going to make it through another day were going to feel Jesus' wrath and that they better be scared, though he used significantly more colorful language. People have lived like this all over the world from the beginning of time. The coming of Jesus in judgment is not a relic from another age for them. They are counting on it. When they have no hope of getting justice, their only hope is that it will come from Jesus. There will be wars and rumors of wars, as there always have been, and people have always been pointing to them as signs of Jesus' imminent return, and every one of them has been wrong. The thing is, though, that someday one of them will be right. Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead. Meanwhile, being a Christian involves all kinds of struggles, including spiritual warfare, both widely known and rumored throughout the world, against oppositions, persecutions, and all the forces that defy God. We put on the whole armor of God that includes truth, righteousness, faith, salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We are called, equipped, and sent to use them. The outcome is already made known at the cross and the resurrection, Jesus giving his life and taking it back again. And we do not fight alone. Paul proclaims in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.